The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, everybody? Jamie Kennedy. Hate to break it to you today. I have one of my most special guests ever, an absolute legend, Dermot. Uh, not Dermont. Dermot. Dermot Mulrooney. Um, you know him from so many movies, like um, he was in The Last Scream, um, Young Guns, too many to name, but also, um, obviously, My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, he's in a, the movie right now, Anyone But You. He's a legend. He's been a legend for over three decades. Um, he's gracing us with our his presence. So we talk about his career. We talk about the scream verse. And we talk about him being an accompanied musician. Did you know that he's a celloist? Like first and second chair under Leonard Bernstein. And he's done some of the biggest movie scores in Hollywood of movies that he hasn't acted in. Besides being a huge movie star, he's also a huge movie celloist. Stay tuned. You're going to dig it. Peace. Hey, guys, I got a sponsor. Let's talk about it today. It's actually, you know, I don't talk about anything unless I use it. So it's sheath underwear. Uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you what go to it, which is go to sheathunderwear.com. S-H-E-A. T-H, sheathunderwear.com. I've probably seen it. They have a little symbol on the shirts. They look like a little transformer. Sheath underwear, they're amazing. They're cool, meaning they feel good. They're silky. They have a little pouch. So what you do is you take your uh, meat and veg, you know what I'm saying, your kibbles, your bits, and they get tucked in this little pouch where they rest, and the rest of the underwear snug everywhere. Um, I'm telling you, I usually don't like to sleep in underwear. I like to sleep buck. That's right, because I like nice, cool sheets. But I sleep in these underwear, and I don't feel like I'm wearing underwear. They're comfortable. They're good. They don't sweat. And they also keep you all hugged up. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm just telling you, if you want to, you should really check them out because... They also last. I have a ton of them. I'm going to do them next time and show them to you all. Uh, go to sheathunderwear.com, promo code Jamie. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code Jamie, and try them. They're going to have a whole thing. I think they're giving 20% off. Uh, they might. They're the official underwear of the UFC, so that's why I always see UFC fighters all tucked away because they're wearing a sheath. Unsheath. Your sheath. Keep your sword sheath. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code Jamie. Get the sheath. I'm telling you. Like, if you want to free ball it, nah. That can hurt. You know you bruise. The next thing you know, you feel sick to your stomach. The other stuff doesn't really. This actually tucks you in, but you don't feel like any pressure. If you're like me, you don't like pressure on the dill pickle unless, you know, Someone is applying it, if you know what I'm saying. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code Jamie. 
Check it out. Peace. Boom. Hey, Jamie. Buddy, how are you? I Can I introduce you? Yeah. Uh, ladies and germs, it's very rare to have a legend that's someone that flabbergasts me. But today, we have one of those. I would like to welcome. There's too many things to say about you. The legend, Dermot. Dermot Mulrooney, not Dermot. You can, you know, you can say it wrong if you want. First of all, thank you for coming. And you like to set up. I invited you to my van. I I don't know if I'm one of your first victims, but uh, your swag setup. You drive around the corner. You park in sort of an ND spot in a sort of TBD location in Hwood, LA. Yeah. And like before you know it, boom, background swap, swap. Boom. Throw up the neon. This is the world. How do you have me? Oh, you're, city you're there. You're there, buddy. Oh, no, I know. I was just looking at my background. There you are. Because I'm not really sitting outside on a hill over L.A. at night. I know it looks just like it. Don't tell people that. And you're not sunsetting in Malibu. Did you ever live in Malibu? Uh, no, I've done a lot of time there. Did you? No. How would I have afforded that? This is what's crazy. There's so much to ask you. Have a sip. I know you like coffee. First of all, you are a legend. You're a legend. Well, thanks. I mean, honestly. Are we buddies? Yeah, we are. I feel I like I, we're buddies. Yeah. Because I, I met you for the first time. Yeah. And I just vibed that's how i feel too yeah and that, that happened relatively recently within the last year or two um and we came into conjunction when the old school screencast met the old guy in the new school screencast yes yes but we were age appropriate even though you were not this age then no i was younger <laughs> well everybody was, I was period i was dead well that too but uh, you know what i mean like everyone that lived in 1995 or six yeah nice um, was younger then yeah so we're all we're good yes <laughs> now we met and now we're part of this new world which one post scream post scream con world y yes that's how we met to be more specific it's in the um i like to call it meet and greet um you know autograph conventions and get to know yous we're very fortunate we're on the autograph convention and i wasn't it's like a circuit it is yeah it's wild it, it really is wild it was something that i did on and off for years and then we got the same agent and then he that's right the brilliant mind to put us together like a marvel movie <laughs> yeah and he's got the whole scream verse yeah so there's a table there'd be about four or five or six of us deep i'm so blessed and grateful to be included it's a whole new uh, type of industry for me, but you could tell if you if you haven't have you discussed this industry before? No, go for in it. Your, a in little your, bit. Um, I had Sean on. Uh, in your world, yeah. Um, well, it's also ta uh, turning over a new leaf or functioning differently than it had in previous years or certainly decades. So, um, I came across it joining a, a you know midstream, but. Um, but it's kind of developed into a such an interesting uh, part of the culture. So I'm seeing. Oh, I'm going to comment on it. Okay, um, why don't you do that before I continue? <laughs> then because I could just go on and on. People, and that's why you have me here. Uh, <laughs> it's the coffee. 
please talk. Here's the thing is that people, here's what I'm going to say is I never knew how big this world was going to be until Scream 5 came out, which is, I guess, the re-Scream. And then I went out, and it was the first time it was all four of us. It was me, Nev, Matt, and Skeet. And we went to a place in Cincinnati called Horror Hound. And it was nuts. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm booked for like 10 cities. And I was like, what? And then I met you. Right. So I came and joined in to what you guys had already set up as like a roving clan of... uh, of scream of scream actors so um uh it's the most remarkable interaction that you wind up having with real face-to-face people from you know all walks of life you Um, give a lot of time well i see you do too but that's because people come to me from all over the world to be honest with you but certainly driving hours to come to one of the cities that we're in if it's salt lake or um, at, a ta- at Tampa, I think we were there together. Mm-hmm. Um, Indianapolis, Ocala. yeah, In- incredible uh, that they brought their family. A lot of times, one of the family members will have special needs or what have you. So I am right in with people um, in such a personal way, and in a way that I never have been mm-hmm. as an actor for decades. This is the first that I'm having personal stories people who are drawing stuff from my past into my memory touching all sorts of um, incredible feelings with with people so those of you whom i've met and interacted with at these cons thank you so much it's been a real two-way street and uh, giving beautiful people you do learn not only how big scream is but how important it is how important horror is and how much expression even if you're cosplaying or you come with your daughter who likes to have a bloody knife and, you know, ripped clothes to emulate one of the, right? Then it, <laughs> What you just said? Your uh, daughter that, well, with a bloody knife I, I, and ripped clothes. Well, I got quickly to cosplay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so that there's no misunderstanding, but it's a multi-generational thing. It's insane. And people care about it. These movies, but I'll really say I only know Scream. I don't know the tail end of what you guys established. Um, it, it 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 changed lives. It even you know it really is de- has deep meaning and like a intense expression of love and how you work out fear and all those things. Of course, we could talk about horror forever, but boy, scream means a lot to people. How bigger than you ever thought, right? I had. Well, really, I'm. I worked so closely with this incredible cast they put together for Scream Five. Then they added Jack Champion and Liana Liberato, who played the ch- my kids. So mm-hmm. there's about six or eight young people in the cast, um, and I'm I'm the the cop, um, and uh, was so welcomed by them. But I don't think they're necessarily um, out on the circuit. Thank goodness they're all so uh, so busy and uh, in such high demand. Um, uh, I, I forget my point, but so I'm out hanging with you guys, uh, and you guys welcome. You're in me. high demand. You're oh, in a hit movie had, right now. Well, they but the Scream Five and no, Six busy, folks yeah. said they, uh, they said you'll you'll see. There's a whole Scream world out there, and I kind of said I I understand. Thank you for telling me. It's a franchise movie. I'll see it, and then like uh, the first week of release, just how people approach me and everything. Um, it's it's astounding. So. It's almost like they warned me and I didn't hear them, and then I'm still surprised at how big it is. You're in the biggest one ever. The biggest scream ever. 
Well, it took all the other five. I mean, I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna tip it back to Scream One, of course. Just take the credit. Well, it wouldn't have worked without me. <laughs> Wait, people. that part we know. If we were hiding that, we can just put that on the put table. Right there. Scream Six wouldn't have worked. People, but I, it wouldn't have worked if they hadn't established all that other thing. Please recall that it's the same storyline, like a freaking soap opera. From 1995, a, a genealogy, literally, um, you know. Um, so people are following this same story, and it's so brilliantly concocted now that they can still fool you. Mm -hmm. and, and and most everybody was fooled, not by my performance, but by how they threaded together the story. How they I was fooled. It, what they leave in, what they take out. That we shot stuff that's not in that would have either tipped off or not been enough, or but you know whatever. Um, just just a few little things. But, I, you know, that's me crediting the writers who really know how to spin a yarn. And the editing was so wonderful in Scream, in Scream 6 mm -hmm. throughout the franchise. But I, It's just bigger than it's ever been, and it's not going to stop. So why do, you, why do you think that? I mean, 5 and 6 came really quickly at a good time in a sort of reboot era of cinema franchisee mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. so where people group to go to the movies together mm -hmm. we'll get around to the hit movie you're talking about that's happening now that's mm -hmm. happening in a different way mm -hmm. but up until recently those would be the only things that drew audience big experience movies so five knew that six was coming and six benefited from that still in our wheelhouse in our wheelhouse what i think is that binge watching absorption of a whole thing re-watching right away watching the whole s 10 years of a series back to back to back changed how people wanted to see things so they wanted to gobble the whole thing at once in the same era that marvel's expanding out in movies and so forth so it became a get it all viewing of a verse viewing so scream really benefited from that i think it's it's breaking back down to at least hopefully now There'll be movies that can stand alone and be one story that happens to people and people love it and they go to it because it's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, th those movies were really uh, eluding us for a while. Mm -hmm. Which this doesn't bring you, Jamie, to anyone but you. It brings me to it. That's the hit movie you barely mentioned that I'm uh, circling back to. We're talking about your new movie. That's what it. That's what it's called. It's called Anyone But You. Anyone But You, yeah. 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 That's your new movie. Yeah, you can only see it in theaters. Isn't that beautiful? That's what movies like Scream 6 are showing movies that don't have a franchise uh, attachment that it can happen again. So they deliberately didn't put it in day and date, video, demand, whatever, mm -hmm. that you can buy it at home the day instead of going to the theater. And uh, they're, the, the narrative of the filmmakers, as it should be, is that a relaunching rom-coms, world's back, people can go to theaters, enjoy, see it twice, right? But see it twice with people, and they run out of the theater all singing the end credit song together, and there's a whole experience happening with anyone but you. Let me just, and, and then I'll finish. I had a no, great time out. making the movie, and they're incredible young actors, um, and Brian Brown, who's old, I hope he's listening, and um, they, they, they've stayed in the theater for a month. Last week, it was number one in the United States all four weekdays. Wow. So people are continuing to go. Maybe it's weeknight dates or just get out and see a movie. Um, and they still haven't, I don't know what their plan is to put it onto um, 
onto streaming services or, or what, what have you. But um, uh, yeah, congrats to Sony Pictures for a successful release of a standalone comedy movie, a rom-com to boot. I saw what you did there. You thanked the whole studio. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how I do now. I see what you're doing. That's upper level shit. It's going for the next Spider-Man? Well, um, let's talk about your... Um... <laughs> oh, they missed their boat on the Spider-Man. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't you think? What was the... Why? What happened? Oh, hell, Tobey Maguire, but fucking A. Can I cuss? You can say whatever you want. No, I'm kind of kidding. And I was no. a little bit too old, but I did feel like that might have been my superhero. Oh, you, I felt it at the time. Did you go up for Spider-Man? No, I don't. I wouldn't characterize it that way. I don't think it ever got to me. I don't think they were targeting me. But when it was happening, a lot of times I'd hear about movies after the cast. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, God, I wish I heard about Saving Private Ryan for fuck's sake. I would have thought you would have met on that. <laughs> right. So that happens. That happened a couple of times. This one I happened to know about that they were making Spider-Man but couldn't get a toehold. Have you met? What was a movie? I, I, this is a, yeah. This is all. I'm, this wasn't in anybody else's mind. It was in your head. Yeah. You know how that goes. What's a movie that you went up on that you would be people surprised you didn't get? I mean, um, we all have them. But that sounded interesting what you said. Yeah. Um, have you been uh, up for some Marvel stuff? No, I did touch down in the Marvel Universe yeah, this year, too. In... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, it was Secret Invasion. It's mm -hmm. the awesome Nick Fury story. Six episodes with Samuel L. Jackson. That's incredible. Yeah, and Olivia Coleman, Don Cheadle. I worked with a, a second time. I worked with him in 1986. What movie? His first job. Do you want to guess? It wasn't a movie. It wasn't Colors. It was a TV show. Colors was 80. Yeah. No, that okay. was right maybe the very next thing. Okay. Um, it was an episode of Fame. Wow. Fame, the series. Wow. It was about its eighth or ninth season in 86, meaning that series started in the 70s, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we both played young, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Young, like. Dancers. Dancers. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. You're I a to great get that off my chest, Jamie. See, this is what your podcast does. It really has old curmudgeon guys like me. Who? Um let it out. Really letting it out. Yeah, I've been I've Wait, been are you a trained dancer? No, but neither was Don Cheadle, and I can still in my mind, in my mind's eye, I can still see Don Cheadle in midair. <laughs> uh, dancing his heart out. He'd just come out of maybe CalArts. Forgive me, Don, if I have your wrong school, but um, me too. I just come uh, from Northwestern. No dance training, acting for me, co uh, improv comedy for me. Don, uh, same. Um, and then he just, as he's done ever since, rose to the occasion that day. For me, maybe I've told this story, hmm. <laughs> but not podcast style. My job in that cl in in that scene um, was to like get up on the bar, you know, with two R's and an E. Where you'd be in a dance class mm -hmm. in tights, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it can be they're tight. Uh, oh, hopefully it's not cold with, in there. With Carrie Hamilton, the actor from those days. And we got real close to face to face and almost kissed and, and and then don't. You know, can can you see us coming together on on one of the exercise bar that you have in it was a a he's a dude? Class. No, this is a Carrie. Girl? Carrie Hamilton. Maybe it was Paige Hannah. One of those two actors were in the scenes with me. And then when the camera pulls out to have the rest of the cast flourishing through their dance moves, my job was to 
fucking bolt, hard button hook right behind the dolly. So when it rushes back, I'm already off camera. I say my two lines, I come up, I almost kiss the girl, and then I had I had to escape <laughs> because I couldn't do the moves, but Don could. Oh, yeah. okay. So you, you know just what I mean? kissed I had a girl, to, then a guy and, came in and did the dance. Yeah, the whole class starts dancing, and I was in the class, except you won't find me in the scene after the talking part because I couldn't dance, and I had to just exit stage right. But there was a camera move, so I really had to bolt. Mm. As if I was rushing off to join a leaping plie. Yeah. Yeah, but really I'm running around behind the dolly operator so that, so that I clear the frame. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that's what's wild about you. You have so many pop Americana credits. Like you, that's a wild one, actually. Yeah. You have so many things in every decade. Like you, that's why you are a super legend. Like that's there's a lot I want to talk about, but I have to go with your flow, and I know how your brain operates. Is that <laughs> it's hard to go out with you because you shave and you do nothing to not look like yourself, and oh. it's impossible to go out with you. Like you're Brad Pitt. You re like no. just to let everybody know, we go out in these cons, and so we're somewhere in Colorado, I think, and we're at a little bar. We like to cornhole, me, you, ski, man. nothing, nothing wrong, but a bunch of grown men cornholing. Right? Except the term. Like you, you have a problem with cornhole? Wait, come don't, on. Don't what? Get me started. Which is what? What's the issue with the cornhole? Okay. Okay. Um, you guys hear it when you say it? Do you, do you see it when you have it on the? TV guide when it says NCAA cornholing. I mean, maybe I'm just slightly older than you, but from where I came from, what time I came from there, that was a different thing. It was a descriptive term for a, an intimate event. Yeah, okay. And so? And then so suddenly, <laughs> decades later, people are starting talking about cornholing this, cornholing that. I'm going to go cornholing with the guys. Yeah. And I couldn't, re I couldn't really follow. I couldn't go with it. And then, like I said, you turn on the TV, and there it is. It's like cornholing Saturday afternoon for three hours of cornhole. Competitive cornholing. Jeez, see what I'm saying, Jamie? Yeah. And if you're looking at it through that lens, yeah. I'm really just trying to check my, you know, cultural limits here. Mm hmm Because I guess it's a whole sport. It's a sport. Like a game that people, yeah. Mm hmm But I still have um, lurid... Um, you're thinking uh, of other things. Yeah, because I wish it had a different name. Because you, you're thinking of you're thinking of an act. I don't see any reason we want to take that any um, li further linguistically. Okay, I yeah. got you. So, <laughs> so you want it to be called something else? Yeah, like maybe beanbag toss. Beanbag toss or beanbag in the hole. Hmm. See, gray area. There's the hole again. Yeah, and the bag. Ah, uh, bag. Tea bag and thing. Tea bag. Um, yeah. Slide the bag up. Mm. Yeah, see, for me, it's just like walking on, you know, not sharp glass, but. Yeah. Broken fragments of, of glass that won't pierce, but you're worried that you're going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You can let it out. We're not monitored by anybody. But I know that you there's really no, have um, an opinion. There's no F, uh, FAA. F FCC. FCC. FAA. TSA. <laughs> so we are in this cornhole, 
and we get pretty competitive with our hole. Yeah, you guys are good, and it's super fun. And uh, you know, I wish I'd done the cornhole um, rant as well as I did the first night I tried it out on you in the bar. But it you also can let a... it out. I can edit that. <laughs> we can redo it. No. No, I think I think we did okay. I think it's the great. guys who know about it, they know what I mean. It's been, you know, um, but it also had a bowling alley adjacent. It was like a sports activity bar, not just sports watching sports. Me, Matt, Skeet, yeah, you, um, I think someone else, our agent, yeah, Sean, a couple other people, but but you, um, the minute you, and nobody carousing, you know what I mean? You, no, I, we're I just drink, chilling. Maybe you guys weren't, you know, it was nothing, anything like that. No, like, we're just chilling. But right. there was a group of women that were in a bridal shower. Oh yeah, and they couldn't run to you fast enough to yeah. the point where I usually hold the camera and take pictures of people with skeet. Like they're like, can you take a picture of me and skeet? And then. It ended up being, they grabbed the camera and the skeet and like, can we take a picture of you and me and Dermot? Yeah. Like, that's how crazy you are. But that. You're that guy. They well, couldn't. also not you frequently. Uh, there's more to this. You couldn't walk. Each of these encounters have something unique about them. Um, and, and they'll happen each day. 21 today. But um, this one was unique because of the following. We're playing cornhole over yeah. and then there's like an aisle where the servers would come through and over there. They have two or three bowling lanes. The bride-to-be had a veil on and was like semi-dressed, can I just say, like sexy bride outfit. Maybe some of the other young women were dressed the same way. Certainly, they... they She'd be happy to hear you say that about her. Well, I'm hoping they'll overhear this one. It'll find their way to them because it was kind of unbelievable that mm -hmm. they were... Um, so then there's So there's a bowling bride... A bowling bride. And she's freaking crushing it. Yeah. So then they see me, and all of what you said transpired. But during that, in the moment, the other young women tell me that the bride is actually like an NCAA bowling champion. So she's really a bowler bride uh -huh. who's getting married, and she's having a bowling theme. I didn't remember that. <laughs> wedding party, and then the guy from the wedding movies is standing right yeah, there. Yeah, you're the so wedding like, king. So it's like an even amplification. And for me, it's a fun one because it's almost like something out of my best friend's wedding yeah. where you'd have a bowling bride in a stoop in like a funny costume yeah in the scene yeah that's so it it, it went meta for me too i know it was super meta you, you couldn't walk even the servers like couldn't they had to like take a picture it's they're dropping off our such a jalapeno poppers. thing it's it so was beautiful but i'm saying is you you never like to wear a hat well you do wear a hat but you never let your facial hair grow out you look like you <laughs> Do you ever try to hide? Your, I, I I don't really think about it. Um, I you know as to the beard, it's kind of getting white, so I prefer to shave so I don't age up, um, or yeah. use it in films and so forth, um, mm -hmm. et, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, maybe from a shaving family, kind of. If you go to Trader <laughs> Joe's here, probably no one's gonna bother you. But if you no. go to Trader Joe's in Louisiana, you're gonna get bothered. It, yeah, but uh, the equal amount of people will see me in each one. Oh, LA's for sure. Just cooler. Just more swag about it. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be like, the thing I equate it to is this. My dad was a tax attorney. Mm -hmm. Amazing. We lived near D.C. and he worked in a private tax office. Like one of the one claims to fame in our family is that on one random afternoon, for some unknown reason, um, Muhammad Ali was in my dad's uh, law firm offices and my dad shook his hand. 
So that would be in the era when fame was different. There yeah. weren't that many, and the only famous ones were actors, newscasters, and sports figures. Mm -hmm. Those are the only people that they allowed on the camera. Um, so the staggering magnitude of my dad having met the champ um, sent ripples through our household for years. Till now, I can remember it. So I uh, know that's the impact. It's different now because there's a lot more famous people, and they come at you from different angles and all that. From the golden era of like fame and Muhammad Ali being the most famous man on the planet. Um, so I know that feeling, and that's what I see people have. What I sometimes even remind them, like today at the Enterprise rental car, <clears throat> I walk in and the young woman sees me right away. I know the look, and I know I'm going to say, good morning, thank you for helping me. I need a rental car because they're fixing the car. And I thought their insurance was going to cover it. They're going to have one waiting there with the concierge service. Instead, I had to walk two blocks because Hertz was, didn't have one. I had to walk all the way over in Glendale. Don't see another human being until I get to the Enterprise and step right in. And Eileen greets me so friendly. She has a moment. We we get through it together. I make sure to tell her to say hi to her mom. And then we go about the business. She passes me off to, maybe it's Isabel. Isabella, who was so nice helping me get to my car. Um, They're going to love that you named them. <laughs> before that happened, the manager, the male, I don't want to assume, but like the guy from the desk behind there came around and managed to mention that uh, his girlfriend had already decided that their first baby together was going to be named Everett after my character in The Family Stone. Wow. So that all happened just getting a rental car. Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. Can I tell you what, what I mean? You know? Talk to like, me. Like, well, I just mean that. I didn't have a problem with it. No, I Everyone's know. Everyone's really nice, and it's always a unique encounter. What they're having is once a one-time encounter. And you're having that every day. 80 times a day. For decades. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm not you, but I have my own versions. For sure. And yeah. you're a different kind of impact in that they've seen you live, too, which is its whole different thing. I'm sure you run into people who've seen you in films and et cetera, but then people who've seen your act, right? Which oh. I never have, but I'm sure I would have a very noticeable reaction if I saw your act and then I saw you in person on the street. You might have a reaction. <laughs> you might have. <laughs> but you're exactly right. That's a beautiful thing, what you just said. They're having a moment. Have you ever, do you ever obsess? I used to obsess when I first got famous, but I got used to it where I'm like, oh, did I give that person enough time? Oh. And all that, because you're such a sweet soul that I, you're probably very comfortable now, but do you ever get like, ooh, did I do it too far? If, if it's for me, yeah, it's sort of I like have awkward ones. Really? At 5 a.m., like, hurts rent a car if I'm tired in between cities, you can have an awkward, I'm sure you have yeah. awkward ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen other people like resist it. It so obviously makes it more difficult. Yeah, Certainly yeah. more difficult on your, on yourself. Yeah. So I never bothered um, brushing anybody off. I know. And people are fast. It used to take so much longer, Jamie, because they'd have to get their mom over who has their camera in her purse, and she has to unzip the purse and get the camera out and drop the lens cap and then get it in focus and it's pointing in the wrong direction and then she all the while you're holding the, waiting for mom no mom it, it's the other button and she's trying to focus this and figure out the flash <laughs> yeah, I know. So do you remember those days <laughs> or is it disposable but now spaff. pam that's done adios yeah amigo. yeah via con dios <laughs> <laughs> It did get more efficient, but yes. then it just ups the uh, the rate. Uh, 
you know. Yeah, you're getting more. It's like there's not a, there's no end to the supply. So it's kind of like Lucy trying to work at the candy factory sometimes. No, I know, and that's like get a little over, a little overwhelmed. Yeah, you do. Like it's like you go to these when you go to the cons. Well, you're still you no. Know, that's your no, they're, assignment. They're yeah. they're they're your assignment, and you're very good to people. Like I do good, but like you give a lot of time. You're so beautiful with people, and sometimes people there's a life story there, and you're going to listen to that whole that's life story. I, that's what I would emphasize. It's not even me being so generous with my time. It's that it's really so wildly engaging people's version of their events and their attachment to film characters or even just the love that my characters have represented that's really one of the key things about people um, recognize me in such a goodwill way is because it's not even the performances it might be like whatever you know the hairline mm -hmm. but it's mainly beautiful hairline it's mainly that i have in, in dramatic ways represented love to people or even um you know uh, what are they, you know wish fulfillment um in, in some ways like that so um or, or aspirational love so it's so powerful maybe i'd offer more powerful than um horror is although i just spoke on how deep that runs but how that, many that colors the reaction because of the types of parts I was asked to play? I know you have. Well, people know you from so many wedding movies. Well, there's only two: Best Friends Wedding, yeah, The Wedding Date, yeah. Best, well, but there's I a couple like others, a, but I feel about like about Schmidt's a wedding movie. Yeah, Long Gone's a wedding movie. Yeah, remember, remember the baseball movie from back when? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. four, and you could say there's your new movie, ones. anyone but you. Most certainly, there's yeah. a so there's a oh, lot yeah. of wedding theme yeah. in your life, <laughs> yeah. and I watch it. I watch it, and it's a wedding brings people joy. So there's yes. so when they see you, they're like, <gasps> "It's that right, man." So I I know what that is, and I you know, and I'm it's yeah I've been called on. I almost said that awkwardly. I'm not even called on, but you know, that's that's the call I hear from people. When you did Best Friends Wedding, yeah, incredible, incredible, yeah. huge hit. You're amazing in it. Star making performance for Cameron. Yes, Julia, just she was already an icon, but just double cemented her icon status. Re yes, rebooted it again. Not that she was, you know, what I'm saying like, well. Easy to see. She did um, Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. And then a couple of, like, actor parts. But act, exactly. And but really got her creds, kept, yes. kept her, you know, got award, you know, nominations, et cetera, and then returned to a, Boom. a, a romance movie. So that, that's, that's not a very long life cycle by, by the lifespan. Mm. Uh, but it felt like it. It felt like a long time since she'd been, it did feel like she's, She's back or whatever. She did like that, that she, feeling's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Time, time cured that. She was there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And you do this huge movie, and it's just like, I mean, you must have known when you were doing it how big it was going to be. <laughs> well, partially for, for that, that was already part of the what we now call the narrative of the film was that Julie's going to hit another rom com. So it was a sought after role. Of course, I remember every minute of walking in, of waiting to go into the audition, walking in, making eye contact with her. I think even right then we touched base, why? On um, our astrological sign that we share, which is a Scorpio. So if not, I knew that and shared that with her early on. I don't know, but I did feel an affinity to that person as the rest of the world 
would if you walked in the room. Because you're both right Scorpios? You. I don't know. I remember I remember why that rings an early bell to me in, was it maybe that uh, meeting? I believe or that. the very next uh, time I met her. But, um, uh, so that was for so the- yeah, I knew it was landing a big role. I hate to diminish it. Uh, and this is more telling us to like how uh, I thought at the time, which I don't now. I'll say that in advance. But you put it in my context, I had done a number of what felt like at the time really big studio movies. Yeah, you did copycat. You did a lot of stuff. Right. Some right in there in those years. Um, and... Um, I could I could name them, but not necessarily in order and so forth. But so this felt Young like guns. You, starting at Young Guns late eighties up to up to Best Friends Wedding. I did uh, you know I, now titles are escaping me, but it felt like one of you know one of the wonderful movies that I was blessed with. I never wasn't is that the, what I mean? I never wasn't grateful. Mm-hmm. But I sure took some stuff for granted. So, and also, I did that. There was no way to calculate that even a movie you knew was going to be a big movie was going to become what my best friend's wedding is today. Yeah. So that no one um, would have you couldn't conceive of it because it went through release through VHS to DVD to like it really survived all the way through and gained somehow gained uh, lovability even. What I, what I say, it's pop culture lexicon, like Scream is, in a sense, it's yes. memeable, it's gifts. But it's the same year, isn't it? 96? 97. You came out summer of 97. And you're in and Scream 6? Screams came out 96. Can I jump in on Scream 1? Go for it. <laughs> Maybe it's Skeet's roll and brunette, good-looking guy kind of thing. I was jealous. <laughs> of Skeet? Of being cast in a in a studio horror movie. Wait, when I heard about it, Drew Barrymore's in it, and yeah. like that's a killer cast. Yeah, well, there's one of the movies I never heard about till it was already cast. Right, I didn't read for How that. Old? I'm a couple years oh. older, so are we going to chalk could... it up to that again? I looked like I was 12 until I was 35. Yeah, you still look <laughs> like you're 12. I think. Could you have played? I know this is not a diss to you because you look amazing. Could you have played high school? Because I'd already seen you in like. No, I think I'm probably 32. You you were already a cop. It doesn't make that feeling. With Harry Connick Jr., you were a bad guy in a lot of movies. You were in Young Guns. Yeah. It doesn't make that feeling any less valid. And that goes to show you how crazy actors can be. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, like, context of the times. That's how it felt i knew it wasn't reality that i could be playing a convincing high schooler but did you guys sorry (laughs) thought bubble parentheses moving on (laughs) we were all older than high school but we all looked the same age so they were like an older high school but yes you could have been high school yeah wow you wanted Um, to be those are those you wanted to be billy but then I saw it in the theater, and then I really wanted it because I knew it was happening. It was full, and everybody got it. And I hadn't seen a movie like that. The only one that I loved like that is The Stepfather, which is about 1987 or 88. Mm-hmm. Terry Quinn in that um, lead. Um, where you're actually making fun of yourself while you're making a movie, and it's a spoof while it's being gory and hor- horrifying. Mm-hmm. I knew in the minute I saw it that it was, and it did. It just changed Whatever terms they use now, we didn't know that term meta 
Yeah. In in '96 when you came out, but we knew something went clunk. Yeah. And you could now you could look inside of movies, but also you know the the sense of humor drained into comedies after that. It commented on itself in a natural way. And that was really one of the first. It, yeah, it which certainly the biggest one that combined that onto a genre yeah. existing thing, which is gore and slashing and blood splash. Are you amazed at the amount of sub-genres and sub-cosplay that people do within this scream? I could talk to you for hours, but I'm going to try to be specific on stuff because yeah, no. we have many chapters. No, and as you like, say, you know how I am, and I just keep going. I know. That, that's, yeah, but, like, that's when you go to the cons, Ghostface, yeah. I mean, now, like, young, like, like, it's got so many iterations. Yeah. And people have... Why I think it's even bigger than ever is because people feel because you and Skeet share a lineage. Yeah, you guys are killers. Yeah. So within Scream, then there's and me and you David pick your Scream share our own lineage. We're dead. We're both victims. Yeah. So there's so it's teams. Yeah. And so now you're considered a killer. No, I I know, and if you count them right, I'm you're a ghost tenth, face. I'm the tenth one, and people come up and they're they're breaking down. Decades of ghost face lineage to me. Yeah, I'm launching, you know, wild theories about how Detective Bailey pulled it off. It's actually very clear. It's just, it's so masterful. <laughs> he had to do so much. I don't know if any of you guys have tried to get your kids into college, but it's fucking hard. And he did it too. He got him in the same college. Got her in the apartment. Blah blah blah. Like, how did he do it? The yes, sh the shipping costs alone. When you had that amazing speech at the end, you yeah. just loved it. You, I was loving watching you. Yeah. You were just going and you were just eating it up. Like, you just did it right now a little bit. <laughs> like, you loved playing a psycho, didn't you? I, I really did. And I tell you, I got the part. They gave me script in three parts. They didn't tell me certain stuff. So there were reveals even when I read did it. Did you meet on it or they just offered it to no, you? No, they just offered it to yeah. me, which is just Usual. wild. Amazing. So I always surprised. assume, in most cases, I assume they've tried out another couple of guys. But in this case, it doesn't, and it never matters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I could see somebody might pass on it or have scheduling or whatever. Bigger actor wouldn't do it for that size, for that amount, for that time. Um, for me, it just hit the pocket. It, it was a terrific casting. In other words, if I was a bigger, heavier type of actor... You know, like a heavy, I mean. Mm -hmm. You'd kind of know it was him, et cetera. It had to be a certain type of actor. Yeah. And there aren't that many. So it was really... That you could fool people. That, to pull off the trick. That's yes. a decades-old success mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. They pulled it off every time, and now we're on our sixth mm -hmm. attempt. 100% mm -hmm. uh, you know, success rate. It's incredible. So, so I went right away that night, and I watched Scream 1, and I watched those two guys beat each other up with the phone and cry and laugh and cackle mm -hmm. and everything. Just really trying to figure how I could lift Ulrich and Lillard and, and do a maniacal, uh, you know, if it weren't for you meddling kids, a, a, a monologue, you know, lunatic monologue at the end. Assignment. Yeah. As an assignment. So then within that assignment, you make it real. You, you, you work on being really real and kind of quiet, if possible, in that character so that there's a switch thrown. Um, 
Um, but, but yeah, there, there's tons of footage where I'm way wilder and way, way over the top. Uh, they, uh, Matt and Tyler let me make up reams of stuff. I had some notes, some I just thought of, some I thought right on the spot. Uh, because, you know, you're in an improv flow and they say, go again, I'm streaming sweat. So some of that actually plays when I end up doing mostly entirely in that cut other lines that were in the script mm -hmm. but around that we had such an incredible creative moment freedom the, just the room of course the set the staging of that the mausoleum theater uh that they it, it was just so real yeah and yet so idiotic and so you know all that um really fun one of my most fun is Fun, I could tell fun scenes, of course, but it's also like you say, with what is whatever your lexicon part. I mean, it's really an iconic type, a singular type. It's a very one thing that you have to do. I couldn't believe they gave me that assignment to be the crazy guy at the end of Scream. But it's it's that's what's awesome, mind-boggling. And I you always play a hero. I could not sleep that night. Really? After I read it, yeah, I'm already going. Yeah. Like you're, you're just thinking, oh my gosh. Because you really have to analyze and break down that script. A lot of stuff I missed until after the release of the movie. How you do you play? I don't know how many cycles you've played. Well, you've it's played a coming. There, there's some but in there. You were, that's why it was so Young good Guns for you. Young Guns was a psycho. Really, what? if you want to talk about a shotgun toting killer, mm -hmm. like I was the bodega killer by everybody's estimation, mm -hmm. that was me, Ghostface, trying to get done. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Jenna and, and Melissa in the bodega in Scream 6. Last time I did that was in Young Guns, like you said. Well, that you guy didn't would shoot the... somebody and cackle and have a great time being a young murderer. He just loved the assignment. Um, so I even tapped a little bit into characters like that. But to answer your question these days, yes, they make me the evil boss, the, um, you know, the corrupt congressman, the Big blah, time. blah, blah. So I'm 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 in that in that realm. Wait, you weren't the, you were the bodega killer, but you weren't in that. They, there was a stunt guy doing that. They have a stunt guy doing it. They have the guy do the voice say, later on. If you say you did that, that's going to be a whole new clip. I should be clear about that. I have been assigned. When you're reading the script, it doesn't say Detective Bailey is the ghost faced on page twelve or something. That's early yeah. up in the script. You learn it later and you calculate where were the kids. So fans bring this to me. They really want Bailey to be the shotgun, the first ghost face. See, within the ghost face cult, within the scream cult, mm -hmm. this was huge. Yes. Ghostface had a gun. I, I I agree. Yeah. Wait, you're I was I agree. You're yeah. telling me that I forget. I didn't know that. It was insane. But when we're shooting it, I didn't you're know that I was that? the Ghostface killer in the bodega. I didn't. I didn't know that. I Wait, didn't break slow down. Hold on. He had a gun, and that freaked me out because he only has a knife. Ever. So now you're the bodega killer. According to Scream fandom, yes, but I never asked Matt or Tyler or Chad or anybody. I never said, hey, which of the murders do I do? Half of the time I'm at those fan cons with Scream friends, it's they're breaking down, like they're de-engineering. No, they're incredible. Yeah. So are, yeah. does it make sense that Amazing. you are or is yeah. it the other Mexican yeah. kid? No, it's me. No, he, I've already I've already killed them and stuffed them in the fridge. Oh, that was you. <laughs> I'll take that one too, sure. Wow. How many kills did you have? 
Six? Maybe. <laughs> That's the kids out there. They're keeping track. <laughs> Wait a well, minute. Well, for real, let's go through I it. I have it's to remember. Bodega. It's the... Um, the first kill is the alley, the Australian chick. Yeah, but that's obviously, that's not even a ghost face. A lot of people don't even count him as a ghost face because he was an imposter. That was Tony Revolori. Oh, so Tony. Let's be clear. That was a stuntman in the suit, but Tony Revolori's character comes in, takes off his thing, and starts calling his buddy. Who's the first kill in the scream? Is the Bodega? Scream six? Yeah. It's the alley. It's the alley, okay. Yes, but that's not an official ghost face. Oh, my God. He's an asterisk because he's not a real ghost face. He's in. Right? I don't know. I thought well, he that's was. what somebody okay. was. Okay. So go to the next one. Next one, I think, is the two film students. Mm -hmm. His buddy's in the fridge, and then I off him. Yeah, that's you. So that's two. That makes uh, two for me. Two. Bodega comes next. That's you. That's I like psychiatrist in the nose, but I would have had to really hurry over from the police station. So do you think you did that one? I don't. I think the kids are in class because I had to get them into the college, and they, you know, they take their studies seriously. So you did or didn't kill? I interviewed Sam Carpenter. She told me about her psychologist that she'd been sharing some of this murder, blah blah blah. About I rushed over there and stabbed him through the glass and into the side of his face. That's right. Okay, that's um, four. That was the nose killing. All right, is that three or four? That's four. Okay. And then, um, where are we? I think you went to the museum. You started killing people there. Yeah. Maybe it's only those four. I think you had six. Let's say seven. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but then um, Ethan Kirsch Bailey gets stabbed in the mouth. And then Detective Wayne Kirsch. Bailey gets it in the eye. So you get a nose, a mouth, and an eye in Scream 6. I thought that was interesting trivia. Wow. What, are they doing that on purpose? It said it deliberately in the script. They said writing the nose for the psychiatrist. Hmm. Right? That's fun stuff. Um, where's Mrs. Kirsch? Dot, 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 silence. Thought bubble. Yeah. I was wondering that. Scream so 7. Yeah, that's what. Do we know who that is? No, I don't know anything about anything. And if I'm no, right, they're going to come and they're going to get me. Is it, is, Did we meet <laughs> Mrs. Kirsch in Scream 6? We didn't, right? It was you and the kids. Yes. And you're all dead, right? Yes. Your kids are dead. Well, yeah, the kids are dead, definitely. But for me, I figured they'd like have a really awesome, up-to-date, like, mega-engineered eye patch and um, an apology. Did we? You think they'd let me in? Scream 7? Wait, did you? You could see my screen like a RoboCop. Hold I mean, on, um, did like you? A, did we look at you like know. you were dead? Um, it seemed pretty definitive. Cause I'm dead, <laughs> and it's see you on Scream Seven, fist bump off camera. <laughs> but you're dead. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. But who says? Well, I'm dead. Says who? They all think I'm dead, <laughs> and they're like, "There's one person that can't come back. You're dead." Why? And Dewey's dead. Why you? Because they saw you dead. Well, they did that with Quinn Bailey, and guess what? <laughs> Fooled them all. This is how I did that. Yes. This is my daughter, remember? She came back. Yeah. It was yeah. it was easy. In the screenplay, all they say is that some prosthetics, some fake blood, and switch out the body for a, for a real dead body. That's all they give you. But how would you have done that? First of all, you fucked the coroner. So you got she got she got your lady on the inside. Okay. We'll do anything for you. Got you. 
Is this you coming up with your name? <laughs> Are you going to come back? This is my back How story. would you come back? Go with it, because you do have good back stories. <laughs> um, and then uh, I was kind of obsessed with, uh, what's his name? Harry Houdini. Read a lot of books about him. Magician. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, and one of the things he could do is turn off his own pulse in his arms by putting like a racquetball under each of his armpits and squeezing really hard. And it, and it would cut off. I remember reading that. So Quinn does that. Okay. She had the ice bath. We had that standing by. Yeah. Somehow, Postmates delivery, I guess. And um, then, uh, they're actually, yeah, yeah, along those lines. So you're you're possibly <laughs> alive. That's you're saying it right. You don't know this. Yeah. You're just saying this is. How I've you already could. made one person come back to life. Yes. Why not me? We will have to deal with the deep nine-inch brain injury through the eye. Yeah, nine inches? Well, the blade, uh, iconically, is a nine-inch blade. I think it's, it's even been Dude, said. you're saying stuff that I don't even know. The blade is nine inches? Do I misrecall that? Who said that? Hayden? She said it's a nine-inch blade, and you remember it? N n no, and now I'm... Feeling like I'm being put on the spot. No, but that's incredible. And I, 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 I realize that if you get your facts wrong, you get a lot of e what do I they won't. call you emails, or do they go to, do they comments you at home? But it's okay because I should know this more than you, and I don't even know that. But is it known to be a nine-inch blade? Mm, I, comment. comment. People will comment. Yeah. Wow. No, because you. I feel like you know. A I'm glad lot. neither of us held our hands up to gesture the dimensions of a nine-inch blade. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm glad we just avoided that whole. Thing. Because that would be like with cornhole, same type of thing. Again, it's a gray area. Gray. So wait, you, you know what's crazy about the last movie? So I watched the movie. You're I watched, so cool, man. No, you're cool. And I watch it, and I have to say something. And I love my niece and my nephew. But I felt like they got stabbed just as much as I did. How so? Too stabby. No, they were they were either the toughest nephews and nieces I ever had, or oh, I don't. They they lived, and I got who are your uh, what? Jasmine and Mason. Are your nephew and nieces? You didn't know that in real life. That's raw data for me. Are you kidding me? No. So how does that you didn't work? know that? Well, I only watched screen. You know, it's a nine-inch blade, but you don't know who's my five. niece and my nephew. No. How? I had sex with Karen Kolchek. Who's that? Creepy Karen. Creepy Karen. No, but they're, my sister had sex with another man. And who, who's your sister? Heather Matarazza. Heather Matarano. She was in so Scream. So you were siblings in Scream 1? We, we, and you're you, both victims? You meet her in oh, Scream no. 3. She's alive still. Heather's still alive. Oh, was she attacked in Scream 1? No, I don't think she was in She didn't one. arrive until Scream 3 as sibling of victim yes. Jamie Kennedy. She has a big part in Scream 3. <laughs> she was my sister. She God, gives a videotape. Yeah. Key clue. And then that's how I come back in Scream 3 through tape. Precursor to Skeet coming back as a vision. Boom. Right? Precursor to you coming back with the also, morgue fucker. Also what they did in 6. And those are my niece and nephew. That's incredible. All I'm saying is they got stabbed a lot, you, and they lived, and I got stabbed a lot, and I'm dead. Yeah. I love you guys. Help uh, me get back. Uh, uh, Mason got stabbed, uh, stabbed, Mason got stabbed 14 times in Scream 5. 
Yeah, he got. To, and, uh, I like, actually believe that a... Mason could do it though because he's yeah. so tough. Oh, he's very he's, fit. He's very fit. Yeah. I also believe Jasmine could too because she, yeah. I feel like she maneuvers it. But wow. like they're alive, and the other chick that was on the ladder. Her girlfriend, I think. Yeah, Devin Nakoda plays that. She was pretty killed up, but then she did, name. she did die, right? No, oh, she headbangs into the dumpster right before she splats in the alley. Yeah, she didn't make it across the ladder. Yeah, it was really harrowing. <laughs> Back to the editing. That's really, truly one of the most suspenseful <laughs> scenes you can find. Check out them. Jasmine and Devin, where there's it emotional was stakes. I was in it. It was their, their girlfriend. Girlfriend. And then for she's fuck's dying. Sake. She's yeah. bleeding. Uh, but the way you describe it. Ghostface right behind. Right? Isn't the classic coming up behind you? No. Through the window. No, he's behind you. Dude, the whole thing with Ghostface is. I can't believe you have nieces and nephews that. Yeah. Dude, how do you not know that? <laughs> you think Did I would edible just kick in? I worked with Dewey. Dude, all those how years do you through. not know that? You know so much. I also worked. I was. But we do a billion things. I didn't remember half the shit you said. But I guess I, this is. Is this one of those honest podcasts? Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, well, I didn't see number three. <laughs> Courtney told me not to bother. <laughs> no, she did Sorry, it. Sorry, yeah. No, she did it. Well, she kind of did. When? Well, it was like this. This is so funny. <laughs> I see Scream 1 right when I get the thing, and then I'm busy. I'm shooting other stuff, and then I got to get right over there. And so I see Scream 5 maybe on the plane. What about 2? And then I get... Are you in 2? I'm in 2. Oh, yeah. So 1 and 2. Okay. Yeah, you were good in 2. You don't remember. I was killed horrifically. Yeah, but um, not before you um, spawn some... No, that's your sister. That's my sister. So go ahead. So you go see 1. I see 1... And then I see two, and then I see five, and then I report to Courtney, who so kindly was inviting everybody over um, to her, you know, rented place in in the city we were shooting. Great dinner parties. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Of course, I hadn't seen her since the set of, um, gosh, what's the name of that TV show she did with all those t- all that residuals that she got for that show. Rhymes Buddies? Friends. Oh, uh... Trends. Yeah. No. Close. Uh, Friends. Yes. Yeah. Super yes. popular show. Yes. Yeah. I was on that with her. You did an arc? I did. Um, hadn't really seen her since then. So we agreed on two things. I didn't need to see three and four. I could get right to work on six if I had seen five. And those three episodes that I did on Friends are legendarily the best episodes she ever was in. We agreed on that. I don't know if she actually said it out loud, but I said it. Yes. And um, I felt like there was some positivity around it. So you're saying better than the Brad Pitt one, better than the Paul Rudd ones. If you really want to ask the fan base. Let's do that. Ask them. Are in the comments. I challenge you. Are Dermy's episodes better? So this was was self-appointed or was this a contest? (laughs) Self-appointed. Long pause. Like, honest, honest podcast. Right? I bet. So I told her they were the most favorite in, of all and time. She agreed. She seemed to agree. Were you her boyfriend in it? No, I was um, Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend, You're Rachel's boyfriend, boyfriend um, but only briefly because I took her job when she had the baby, and I, I was, um, I took her job at the sort of design company. Yeah, where, was, uh, where we wore nice suits in the nineties. Um, so you, you, so Courtney says, do not watch three. Are we allowed to say that? That's so damn funny. 
She said, don't bother. I've, ar- I've already People- told the story out, and she knows I love her. And the part where I made her say that I was in the favorite episodes, that's true, too. I made her say it. I love so that. So now we're really being honest. But since I've learned somewhat from my face-to-face interactions with people at the aforementioned um, meet-and-greet conventions, yeah. um, it's, a, it's a super favorite character on that entire show so oh, i put, I, I put I your fans to that challenge i agree see if with they you. liked that character i was on there contemporaneously with paul rudd so if that oh, it was the same one he was with phoebe's character with with the Lisa and julia Kudrow. were you on julia's episodes no it was the a, only one i overlapped with was paul but paul. we didn't have the same storylines yeah. we were at the table read but we didn't shoot on the same set all right let's go back. see we went six things deep here that's why i got it i'm just still on the court and he said do not watch scream Tour. Can I tell How you can something? I help you process this. Here's what it is for me. You ready? One, two, one, two. It was one, two, five, four, three. Yeah. For me. Yeah. But six is really good, so now I have to redo it. Yeah. But I don't know. I think. Three is getting new life that I have to watch it again really? because people say three is over there. Yeah, it often is. But I think three's coming up. Right. And it may reverberate into seven. Is it that possibility? I don't know, but I know that just to go like this, one, two, and three were its own thing and we right. were we were done. Yeah. And that was your passage. Entertainment Weekly, when it was done, did a thing, and they said, what's going to happen to the Scream actors? And they predicted different careers, because that's what you did. <laughs> yeah. You got killed. Yeah. Like, in Leprechaun, Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun, or Kevin Bacon was in Friday the 13th. Yeah. So this is a passage, right? So right. I was like, oh, cool. And then I started doing other stuff, but it was done. And then Scream 4 comes out 11 years later. Crazy. And it's a really good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. It didn't hit huge. I but saw it, 4. Of course I did. You saw four, but you skipped three. And then that's dead. Because of uh, Kirby. I, I had to see. You had to see Kirby. Yes. Because I, I, I crossed over with her in a second. Yes. And then she also fooled me. I, I, I didn't know if she was the bad girl or yeah. you were the bad It was yeah. a good, really good. Yeah. Alyssa picked her. Alyssa's like, I think it's Dermy. But yeah. she was fooling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then Scream started up again. And it was five. And then it blew up, and now it's now. So you're gonna have three. Yeah. You're gonna have five, six, and seven is one. One, two, and three is one, and four is in the middle. So it's a whole other bizarro world. Yeah, and five happened at a different time in our media culture. Yes. Four was still pre-social media. Yep. Right. So five just went kaboom in a different way, and so people absorb it in a different way, and it, they and they experience it. They like it. They think about it. They can watch it. All day, they can check on. It was who's reinvented. Putting thumbs up on the, the thing, right? The fact that they did five so well and so good, and it just reinvented it. It was incredible. It certainly did. I have a question for you because we go all over the place. I'll touch on this quickly. Go for five it. Five and six. That's a franchise studio franchise with four people of color in the lead. So yeah. So maybe Fast and Furious toward the end, but find me another one, guys. Nobody's ever said anything about how they accomplished that. They did it dignified, quietly. And really turned the dial in silence. Nobody said, hey, good job, you guys. But Yeah, can I amazing, tell you something? Right? I think you're totally right. I think Scream, naturally, yeah. from the beginning, has been the, a very inclusive series. Yeah. Because 
in Scream 2, we've had people of color, we had white people, we had gay, we had straight. Um, yeah, and that's in the 90s. And that was in the 90s. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone should be in and represented, but, you know, obviously we've lacked this in ours, but it's getting a lot no, better. No, I know. And so but it, I felt like Scream naturally kind of did it. And the new ones, I felt they were naturally kind of doing it, too. They were just the best characters. Absolutely, and in a most wonderful way. People yeah. have taken the Scream stories, personalized it, made mm -hmm. it mean what they want for what they're identifying as and everything else. Wearing a mask is a really powerful thing. Stabbing someone in the back is a really powerful thing. Jesus. Like these are real things to people Jesus. that that have That's not reenacted. Well, that no, I, I just mean even like symbolically, those yeah. those are things that um, people care about. Um, I guess I lost myself a little, but it's, well, you it's, said stabbing people in the back is a really big thing. I, I mean, they I find fans relating to Scream because of. Um, uh, yeah, because of that, because of pe feeling that people are out to get them. Dude, Ghostface is now considered yeah. lovable, right? Which is crazy. It, it, yeah, it it it's. it's what crazy. is that thing that you, you know that you can, like a t a template? You can you can wrap it over yourself and have your stuff apply to those storylines. And family so strong through generations and everything, even to find out that, you know, it's a template. Family. Yeah. And then you put your own story on it. And more now than ever. Yeah, and, there's, and, like, I was telling people, there was, like, everyone identifies. There's a rainbow ghost face. There's a glitter yeah. ghost face. There's a bimbo ghost face. There's a there's family ghost face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's wild. It is wild. It I is mean, wild. It is. Now, let me now that I didn't know either. I knew I was going into a classic movie sh franchise and playing the killer with the thing. I didn't know anything about the ghost face. I said cult, that's not fair, but... It is cult. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Is, there, is there such a thing? Well, I mean, there's certain cults, you know. Mild cults. Do you... Let me ask you this. Do you feel that Hollywood is done forever? <sighs> I don't know. There's glimmers of hope. Take your time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? What I've been saying recently, especially I tipped on anyone but you, how that behaved in a theater. Killed it. There's other And we haven't had a rom-com forever. Right. So hopefully that spurs some business. They don't, you know, kind of just trickle on the streamers well, that people watch them together. They, they do them. Netflix does rom-coms. Yeah. But not in a movie theater. That's, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully changes in there are. At least in this city. I know in New York, too, some of the smaller theaters are returning or they're filling up, if nothing else. But there's new ones. Vidiot's opened a theater in Eagle Rock. Um, and Tarantino's oh. got a new house somewhere. Mm -hmm. I drove by the new Beverly mm -hmm. for Heat the other night, so it's a, you know, a revival house. But the line is around the block to go to a movie theater. That's the, just the other day. So it's not post-pandemic. It's post-post-pandemic, right? So maybe people like really are. It's like post-streamers, right? Like people are sick of having to fish through, find something that they, you know, they not even really care about. So like actually making the effort to pre-purchase a ticket to go to park and go see it is worth it because um it's super exciting so if but hollywood, the idea of but hollywood, that's not how hollywood's going to make its money right so what, my, what i'm saying is this is that do you feel because you are to me an iconic staple of hollywood and my i'm a the class after you okay yes and people say my class is like the last, last. but i don't think so because i think channing tatum 
and Jennifer Lawrence. Those guys really held on through there. Yeah, and Jenna, I put down Jenna Ortega I know. is a global mega. So it's not exactly, it, but there would be no. By the same token, to take nothing from Jenna, in fact, to give it to her, mm -hmm. she also owns streamers. So yeah, she's, she's, she's incredible. What you're talking about is the holdovers that were mm -hmm. just from the screen um, that still has a thing. So if you were making one of those movies that you want to put in the theater, you'd still be looking for that type of actor. Yes. Not one that's been washed over in the streamers or maybe whatever's coming in on the tide is the TikTokers and the Instagram stars who are being cast. Uh, you know, young actors largely are always inexperienced, right? Um, you know, even if they were child actors, when they're adults, they're inexperienced adult actors is what you find. Um, but and, 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 yeah, and like it's, just, it's, it's what so, I'm saying you is you got to source your there product was, from somewhere. There was so many people in different generations. Not so many, but certain people popped, and I feel like each generation, yeah. you're gonna have someone pop, but it might be less. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, because and, it's it's like it's diluted. Yeah. So and again, the viewing patterns are different. So you're not having a ha having a moment where you watch a movie. So, like, what I'm saying is the Emmys, are you familiar with what the Emmys did the other night? No. Okay. So, the Golden Globes, like, were on the other night, okay? I didn't even fucking know. Yeah, no. This is crazy, okay? You know, I'm sure you've gone. I'm sure you've been nominated, whatever. No. Okay. Well, I'm sure you've gone and stuff. Once. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so, in those So, I didn't even know. Yeah. And I went to Pinchy's Tacos the other night, and there was a tiny bit of cars in front of the chateau. Not, And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, the gold, the Globes. And I'm like, it was the Globes, you wouldn't be able to go down Sunset. Yeah. Then the Emmys were two nights later, and it wasn't even packed. So the Globes did 50% more than last year, but they're still down 52% since 2020. And the Emmys are the lowest rated Emmys in 17 years. So why gen I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Because general population is sick of Hollywood. They're sick of people preaching. And I wanted to know if you feel this. Yeah. And the uh, like a person on TikTok now is like, I'm fucking interesting. I can fart on command and I have 500,000 viewers and I'm doing a fart musical or whatever the dumb shit do. I'm not saying they don't do great stuff. So everyone feels they're a star. You have yeah. enough noise yeah. to make through your apps. Yeah. And so when somebody does break through like a Jenna Ortega and becomes this global icon, it's beautiful because yeah. she's going to have all of it from social media to there. And that's who I'm referencing because, I, weirdly, I worked with Jenna when she was 10. On what? Insidious 3. Oh, that's right. We're Insidious. in two parallel wow. franchises together. She was the right. neighbor's girl. I learned this on day two working with Jenna. She said, here, look at this. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know I was in Insidious 3. Isn't it weird that I'm in two franchises? And she says, no, Dermot, wait. And that's me. Oh, you, you, wait, you were talking about how she, she that was, was her you, face reveal. You thought that she was saying, Oh, look at you. <laughs> and she's like, No, bro. No, bro. No, bro. That's like, us together. Wow. Where I'm like meeting the father or something. There's a still. That she managed Brilliant. to find so and sweet. brought to me. See right? how sweet she was, and That's here you I are. Mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. And here I am trashing her. But no, what I'm saying is she's one of the ones that was a terrific kid actor, but then immediately was able to be yes. incredibly genius. Yes. Having worked with her um, 
um, adult actor. So yes. she's go-to. Melissa, too. We should yes. all be so lucky to be in everything with her. Yes. No, I know. And I'm saying it's like th- those, two, those two broke through in, like an, in a time where it's hard to get more mainstream fame. So yeah. I believe when you make mainstream fame like that, yeah. then everything else is covered. But what I'm saying is with people never even going mainstream and just yeah. blowing up on social media yeah. or Patreon, OnlyFans, whatever you want to say. Right. And so... I was just wondering, in your opinion, yeah, because I think Hollywood is losing market share every month. Wow! And what do you think? And I, the crazy thing is, as I know how much you work, I certainly do. And but I started this I conversation to. with you, and you said you have to. Yeah. When I mean, people would think that you were multi, multi rich, which yeah. I would think you are. Yes, you would think that, and with all sorts of apologies to um, uh, net worth uh, googling, um, uh, I, you know. It, it, it is uh, it's tight these days folks we had a pandemic and a strike on top of uh you know what we've been doing all these decades is a gig economy we have a word for it now where you go from job to job and you give, you take what they give you and you and you feel lucky about it so now that we have uber drivers and people who are trying to supplement their income by doing it the way that we've always done it that's actors like myself. I've never been on a long-term contract on a television show where you can easily get wealthy. Or, or in those days, had I been on one 90s, 2000s, I would have been wealthy um, and never caught a franchise. Even this one, I'd meet the end of it. I'm not making, like, repeat contract payments on anything. You know what I mean? I come in and I get paid, and that's the end. Scream gets a little residuals because it did so great in the theater. So mm-hmm. we are back to that, and anyone but you will also. But I didn't ever take the type of work that makes you a rich, a rich actor, and then, um, you know, and then life costs a lot. It's the most expensive city you can imagine to live in, real estate. So um, that's another wealthy-seeming actor complaining. I heard Tiffany Haddish speak to it recently, very intelligently and emotionally, and how much it costs her to run her business. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Just on the way over here, I passed the vacuum store, and I thought, frick, I've been meaning to take that vacuum in. We do have someone who's so kindly, we, um, you know, d- drives the kids to school on occasion, dog walk, some assistant. I thought, you know what, I'm this age, I should have the assistant do that. <laughs> so I do have a staff. I pay one person a little bit to take care of a few household errands. But I don't have person. a publicist. I don't have a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I don't have a personal yeah. stylist. No, any nothing. I don't have a nutritionist. I I don't go to the gym and pay a trainer. Mm -hmm. I don't have any of those things, and it's still tight. I live a luxury lifestyle, guilty as charged. Um, But I have a Nissan Leaf, people. Yeah, you mean you could get a different car, but you like the I don't want a Leaf. Yeah, you like the Leaf. Plus, it's $2,000 down. It's an 18-month lease, and I'm paying like $280 a month. Somebody else tell me who found a cheaper car. It's electric. I don't even pay gas. Okay. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Well, I also had to buy a horse this year for my daughter. So I got to leave and she got a horse. Wow. The car money went into a four hoofed transportation. A four Wow. So then, yeah, you're spending your money. You're a giving car person. That's, yeah. And that's a fun way to spend money. Yeah. For me, spending on cars was never fun. Yeah. I never, like, glammed up on cars. I had an old, I had a vintage car for a long time, so that was that was the. Yeah, that's all. Well, I was thinking. What do you drive, Jamie? 
I other than this, I swaggy. know we're in this van. I Does have it pull this. down to it like a. Is it also a? Can you sleep in? You here? can sleep in this because this will fold in. And yeah, wrap that up and. I just got this, and I'm gonna get another car. Do you? Uh, but I don't like cars. Do you? So I like them, but asking, and you can cut it if you don't want to talk about your business. Did you buy the thing? Yeah, I bought yeah, it. Did you own? Do you, do you own it? I'm, I could. Did your podcast buy it? Did you make enough on the podcast to afford it? Not yet. Yeah, but it's a good. I. Th- this is a. <laughs> this is what I think I'm just you checking like the overhead and like. <laughs> yeah, I think that you need to have something mobile ready to go. Uh, the world's crazy. I know. We we're, are we on the same page with that? We are. I always think mobile. Like it's crazy. I, I think we should have mobile karaoke. Okay. I think that would fly. All West right. Hollywood. I okay. hop in. Do a couple of tunes with your buddies. I think you, well, they got mobile pet unit. And as soon as we had COVID, I thought, geez, somebody buy some fleet of ice cream trucks right now and start driving around giving people shots. Shots of ice cream or shots? Mm. No, you would have to adapt the van. That was when they had to keep the shit frozen, remember? <laughs> when we're lining up at Dodger Stadium and it was on neon, not neon ice. What do I mean? You know what I mean. Hydro, you know, um, dry yeah. ice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> It's such an easy adaptation. You just drop that in the so go in, in. the hi- ice cream cooler. You know yeah. how like over frosted they are. Yeah, drive, drive once again. Just drive around West Hollywood. Give people the shot. Just start giving people the the V. I got you. Uh, I didn't really get the seed money for that. Get it off at the ground quick enough, and basically you it want- ended up happening. You know, there'd be personal services or uh, you know little shops sprang up to get your inoculations in you. So you think we should have had ice cream trucks with mobile shots? Yeah. Okay. And you, that, are you going to get a bunch of comments about maybe someone being <laughs> pro? <laughs> Fuck all y'all. <laughs> I don't even, can't really save it. Uh, YouTube gets so mad about it. Oh, uh, well, bleep me. I hear you. No. It's a wild world right now. <clears throat> yeah, I hear you. Take that all out. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything to say about it. I'm just talking about business opportunities. Fucking get a pet shop. So wait, let's go. <laughs> it's public storage. Fuck's sake, get a yogurt land. Public storage killing it. People have too much shit. Yeah. Wait, I had a question though. <laughs> but I just gave you so many business uh, opportunities. It's true, they never close. Yogurt stores never close. People have no idea how your mind works. Because on screen, you're this guy. Calm. You're calm. You keep it together. You you do a quip. And in real life, First of all, you're hilarious. Oh, I love you, man. And you're wild. <laughs> and you 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 are a what we call a firing synapse. Yeah. Something comes here and bing and boom. And so yeah. I gotta keep with you. Uh, I have a really fast brain, but it's not necessarily hundred percent smart. So it's a nice combination. Very smart. Very smart, but not like genius smart. Some other people in my family have that. I was debating this with my super smart brother last night and he agreed. Um is he an actor? Uh, he was. This is Kieran I'm talking about. He's no longer. Um, but I would add to why I'm so like manic in the way I talk. I think it's the damage. I think it's the damage that being a celebrity, some of the stuff you've talked about, we're tapping every day, being on or whatever, being emotionally available for 40 years of acting. That's wow. the toll it took on me. I was also a really bad drunk. Nobody really knows it. I don't care. I gave it up 18 years ago. So that at least I got out of the way. And kind of in after that, I get, got replaced by super, you know, quippy, smart, funny, over, you know, over the top, like can't stop talking. 
I'd say that I got the manic without the depression. Really? I mean, I feel lousy plenty of times like anybody, but um, yeah, I think that would be the brain damage that I suffered from all the good things that happened to me. <laughs> so do you think that people always wanting a piece of you? Because I can't imagine, because I have my own issues, and it's like I get tired. So yeah. they suck you dry, and well, you're just I, like I, I always having to please them. Yeah, no. See, it sounds the second time you touched on whether you did well enough with people, you're not pleasing them. They're so happy to meet you. You don't even have to think twice about what you're giving them. So... Just you're also a different personality makeup where you might be more uncomfortable in those situations. But I guess I'm just saying there is a there is a I don't want to call it a toll because I got lucky. So many of my colleagues, my peers, you know, just off the deep end. That's why I touched on addiction. That was one way out of, you know, feeling like people are staring at you all the time. So I, I really dodged a lot of bullets that way. Never had a, you know, you know just really really been blessed with good health and everything else so you know common sense um so um but yeah some of them i'm like over the top i sense it i can't really stop it so sorry man no it's not <laughs> bad i think it's no i i just think you have a you're just very you take everything in so you're super expressive like how you are on screen you're more real people don't know how fun and you'll go anywhere in a conversation that's what oh, i love about well, you. you're amazing thank you um well, that's what I'm saying. You are so. We agree. We, should we just hug in the van now? Um, it's a little awkward. We'd have to fold this up and get the thing folded down, push the tap, and then disconnect from the tank. From the thing, the oxygen. Wait, tank I had a question. That uh, is flowing in here, it's causing us to be speechy. Um, because people don't realize this about you. Okay, I asked everything I was going to ask naturally. That you're an accomplished, accomplished, accomplished musician to the point where. I want to see your orchestra. So you're a celloist. Yes. And you were in Mission Impossible 3. Do you know that? Yes. As a cello. Yeah, that's the first, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first score for Michael Giacchino, the Academy Award-winning composer, America's um, finest. Um, uh, first uh, film score that I recorded for him. So the day starts, sit down, his conductor gets up, taps the stand. You put on your headphones. You're watching your section. You're waiting for the timer, the conductor. Music you've never seen before. And it starts this way. Dun, 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 dun. In the cello section. Violas come in. Unbelievable. So I went on to play for Michael for about 20 or more film scores. That included a couple more Mission Impossibles. Um... Two of the Planet of the Apes are his. I did John Carter of Mars, which is a beautiful freaking score. I did Coco, Incredibles 2. I was in a small string section when most of that was that incredible um, swing band horns. Yeah. Incredible original music in a, a jazz time, you know, you know, swing band on that one and many others. I I'm know. So gifted. I was looking this up, and I knew you weren't even acting in these things. How did you? No. End up oh no! I've played cello on much bigger, more blockbuster movies than I've ever acted in. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. You, you've been in oh, huge for sure. movies. You put. You put um, but wait, how did you even do that? Because you are. I think you, that was the first thing you did. Am I wrong? That you were a musician first. I started them both the same summer in 1970. Wow. To be honest with you, literally when I was seven, eight years old, um, my public school system had a music camp. I'd go there in the morning, 
in the afternoon, Lois Hunt, I always say her name, was this wonderful theater woman in the neighborhood that got kids acting real plays, M make your own stage set, your costumes and all that, put on a show at the end of the summer. So I did that in the morning and that in the afternoon. Same year, and I've been doing both ever since. So even through college, high school I was top in the state, maybe second chair in the state orchestra that year wow. um, in Virginia. Um, the regional orchestra, the Northern Virginia Youth Symphony, first chair all up in, in there. I even played under the baton of maestro um, uh, Leonard Bernstein. No. Yeah, at the youth, um, uh, you know, youth orchestra day at the National Symphony. Wow. I was in the first desk under him. Wow. When I was a senior in high school, 90, 80 or 81. So... Like, I don't know if people realize this about you. I, I've it's had this incredible. on our list, like my musical resume. I have it on there, but I've never, I, no, I never told, I never said that. You'd be the first one to get that out of me. You haven't, because I knew that you were super accomplished, but you. So that led to me getting an A every quarter at Northwestern University from my solo cello teacher. I took four quarters every year of cello lessons and played in the symphony there. Every concert. I was committed through four years of college when there's a lot of other stuff at play, and I just kept playing, kept playing. Then I was signed by William Morris at Northwestern by an agent that came there. That's the missing gap in actors that you're talking about. You guys, Matt Ben, them, McConaughey, a little younger, and then... But the thing is this, is that the cello shit's incredible yeah, because... that's what I was saying. And then you, I didn't play for a number of years. So you got called and you started doing it? I played cello in other ways. I was in an Interscope um, record deal with a, with, with a band called Low and Sweet Orchestra in the 90s. In 1996, while we're shooting my best friend's wedding, I flew to California and I played at Lollapalooza with our band. Wow. Dominguez Hills. It was the year, a couple years before they planted in Chicago forever. <laughs> um... So I played in bands with the cello, but then it wasn't until The Family Stone, Tom Bazooka's brilliant movie, um, that uh, my, uh, Michael Giacchino did that score. I met him at the premiere. Tom hustled me over to meet Michael because Tom knew I played. And uh, I said, you should have me play in your orchestra. He said, well, you need to be able to sight read. And, and I said, I can't. And he said, you mean you'd come and you sit down? I said, yeah. So he had me come in. The last s sessions of Lost that TV show is one of the things that first put him on the map. So that was sort of my test um, to whether I could play. Wow. And so I'm on that. You uh, did Lost? Just the final recording <laughs> session. It'd be like the end of the last season. They'd probably do whatever. Dude, some do you know how crazy of, this is? That's where I came you in. You are literally in everything. Michael and I will be lifelong friends. I should try to have him in here. He's the most engaging person. So generous and incredible. He knows everyone. He treats every musician as a friend and a family member. He's an incredible guy. So he gave me that full treatment and pulled me into his orchestra, into his incredible group of brilliant musicians, or uh, orchestrators, arrangers, the recordists in these ancient, as old as these buildings are, these recording uh, stages where they, where they freaking sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's unbelievable where I sit to play with these people. Dude, it's incredible. Yeah. People don't realize how hard acting is. You're <laughs> because the good ones make it look really easy. So it's like anything like that. Something too, like how much you make. You don't really quite get how it works. Snoop was the one really Snoop I, I I feel 
I feel a real affinity to the guy. I kind of anyhow, I've been I've been a fan of his since right right at the very beginning. Um, and then he spoke so eloquently about how people are paid and how he can have a billion <laughs> listens with only make six thousand mm-hmm. dollars and so forth. If you haven't seen that one particular clip, it's so powerful. Um, so I think I was talking about something else where where it's not quite what you seem. Um, yeah. Well, let me just tell you, you're a legend. <laughs> I appreciate you I, they coming. They couldn't possibly pay me enough. You're a legend. <laughs> Here I am complaining about money like actors do. You're a legend actor. <laughs> I hope that they pay you more. <laughs> no, no. I You're a play. legend musician. Well, that, and people a... don't realize this, but that, I mean, I do. They do now that you're really funny. Well, And I'm telling you that you've talked to me about making a debut. So why don't we let the comments decide if Dermy should do a quick five? Think about it. I want to bring you out one night and not let anyone know and just have you go up. Uh, He's already done four minutes before me in a bowling alley. Uh, no. And he killed. But that was the, um, the, the, uh, that was the tea bag. No, the, um, cornhole. The cornholing routine, which I don't know. Is it going to fly? It will fly. <laughs> We're an older guy's so had to adjust to a new terminology for a sport, which used to describe something else. Yeah. I'm not sure. I appreciate you coming, bro. I'm so pleased. Thank you. Have you had a bunch of other vast, uh, guests in your van? Guess what? No, or is this your? I'm hoping that I'm one of your pioneers. You're the first. I love it. That's what you're I was the first you'd say. because I do the van. I've been doing it by myself. This is brand oh, people new. People are gonna love it, but unless they're not, like looks me. really good. And my other studio is too dirty. So, <laughs> and I, but I knew you're you're the first. Well, then, you broke the van's cherry. Can we say that? Um, we broke the van's cornhole. Can we say that? Um, we stabbed the van in the back. Can we say that? Violence. Um, <laughs> he said, gosh, the we we thing. initiated proceedings yeah, you said, in the van. You, the line of the pod is you said people take people stabbing each other in the back very seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean. They can relate to being fucked over. That's part of what people love about Scream. Yeah. And it's someone you know. It winds up being somebody, you know, that you trusted. So watch out, Jamie. <laughs> but I can tell your other guests it's really comfortable here. And if you don't mind pulling over, you know, in sort of a sketchy area of lower Hollywood. But where are we say, at? I don't want to say we're in a van. And we're in Hollywood. We are in I Hollywood. keep it real. We're it's down true. the street from Paramount. We're on a street We're that, real. Li- that rhymes with Pexington and Mantisonica. <laughs> what, Jesus but we're not going to say Don't exactly where we are. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it. I'll ever figure that out. You live... I'm not going to tell people where you live. Yeah, exactly. You live. Well, you don't live. All you gotta do is pull down the block. They'll never find you. Yeah, I'm hitting. It'll look van. like one of those other sketchy vans that parks in Hollywood. There's a lot of them. You have to move it every four hours, kind of thing. Well, I try to get to a six hour, three to seven. That's uh, only that I can do it. After that, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. that's three to seven. You're fucked. That's why we're doing it in the afternoon. It's for the parking. No, it's because you're busy. You're busy buying horses. Nah. I love you, buddy. Scream love you forever. What a blast. We're going to see so us at CreepyCon yeah. in a couple weeks. He texted me and goes, you're going to CreepyCon, I hope. Yeah. What I, if I wasn't? I wouldn't go. I lie. You lie. And then we got a lot. You're going to go to Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. That's right. I'm on that one, too. You're going to be oh, in a ton. Freaking hell. So fun. Go watch his movie. 
anyone but you, yeah. which we didn't even get to talk about. Uh, that's all right. But also but watch a... Ruthless and Breakwater. They're out Breakwater right is out now? Yeah. Okay. That's a dark thriller that's super cool. Twisted plot and a really cool character they gave me to play. And Ruthless, just a knucklebuster beat-em-up uh, movie. They gave me the part to be the uh, beat-em-up guy. And I can see that where? You can Apple get that TV, on, you Amazon could, Prime? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy. Right. I love you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Love you, too. Thanks Thank for having you. me on. So fun. I appreciate you coming to my van. Incredible? Question mark?